hello everybody uh, hopefully hopefully you have a good holiday weekend uh, we uh, spoke on friday i was remote i'm back in my home office in midtown new york city um so i, I have a special guest with me today matt solomon who is the ceo of center for enlightened business and very excited to have him he'll be doing an introduction in a moment but i want to let you guys know last week we talked about blockchain and remote working uh, practice management. So today, our um, our title is along the lines of best practices for accounting firms and becoming a true business advisor. So uh, Matt, awesome. Thank you for joining me today. So please tell us about yourself. Give us a full introduction. Well, thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure to be here. I was very excited when you uh, reached out to do this. Um, and so a little bit about us, uh, Center for Enlightened Business. Um, I'll talk about it on a couple of levels. In essence, what we do is we help accountants, the small to medium-sized accounting firm owners, bring in really high-profit monthly work. Um, to dive down a little deeper, what that really means, what that looks like, is we're bringing together not just the systems and, and the processes to do that, um, but also a, a little bit of a unique perspective on the mindset component. So I'm sure we'll talk about those a little bit. Uh, in essence, though, what results look like for us with our clients is that we help clients bring in somewhere between about three to $15,000 per month per client in new engagements. And really the sky's the limit on how many of those they can bring in, even for small firms. Wow, awesome. And you guys have been doing this how long now? So uh, about 25 years, more than longer than I've been in the company. Um, so uh -huh. we started off for, for some of the older folks who are listening to this or the, uh, the buffs in the accounting space, uh, so we started off as a company called RAS Results Accounting System out of Australia. Uh, at that time, and, and the thread that's gone through all of these name changes over the years has been helping accountants become advisors and getting paid for it. So we started off as a company called RAS out of Australia, eventually became RAN1. I'm sure some of the people may have heard of that in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, and then um, you know have changed our name recently to the Center for Enlightened Business. So we've been doing it for a while. I've been here for about 15 years, uh, and I won't tell you how young I was when I started. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. So yeah, the the accounting world got uh, not necessarily flipped upside down, but a lot of things have have changed and, and been pushed forward that might have been on the, the back of their mind um, for the CPAs out there. And you know, trying to uh, become an advisor, uh, help the clients in, in different aspects, and so. You know, the ones that were doing it already, awesome, you know, pandemic or not, they were rocking and rolling. But those who are were, were, were trying to you know, provide this guidance and help, I mean, uh, what did you see and, and what do you recommend somebody that's just uh, seeking some help and, and, and how to go about this? Like where to start? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the crazy thing is, and I've, I've watched this over the years, um, it's not a new conversation that we need to be business advisors. Um, I think it's a more popular conversation now, um, but there's still a lot of questions on even what it means to be a business advisor. I had some conversations with some very prominent people in some huge companies in the accounting space, people who were technically the heads of advisory in these, these major corporations. And they, they tell me behind closed doors, like, I don't really even know what advisory is. What is it? And so I think if, if at the top, we don't understand as, as the thought leaders in the profession what advisory is, then it's very difficult for the everyday accountant who's super busy doing work and, and getting things done and putting out fires and trying to maintain and trying to navigate to understand what it is. So 
our particular style, and I think it starts at identifying, Chris, what does it mean to be an advisor? Uh, and then we can get into some of the best practices for, for how to actually get there. What it means to be an advisor uh, can be different for a lot of people. Um, I, and I'm, I don't know how much I'm allowed to be against the grain here in this, this conversation, but what I'll say is um, a lot of this stuff we're hearing about client advisory services and all that, I feel like people are coming into the profession, thought leaders are coming in and they're solving the problem that accountants are working too hard and not getting paid what they're worth and not embracing their value and not doing fulfilling work. Um, they're solving that problem, but they're solving it, as Einstein said, with the same level of thinking that created the problem in the first place. And so I'm paraphrasing there. I know if you don't quote Einstein perfectly, then it's probably not good. <laughs> Fair enough. So what's happening is we're, we're making these incremental changes. Client advisory services is, is this big push, but it's like, well, what really is it? Well, you're charging a little more. You're charging maybe a few hundred bucks a month instead of what you were, or you're converting clients to monthly engagements. That's cool. But what, I, what I'm here to say and share with you is that there's an opportunity if you fully embrace the role of being a business advisor to get paid really well and to do transformational work for your clients. Now, a couple of things, and you cut me off anytime you need to. Um, you're fine. I want to define it, but I also want to talk about it from another angle. What it really sure. means to be a business advisor is that ultimately um, you're helping your clients grow and become more profitable as small business owners. Um, at the end of the day, it's not about your time. It's not about all those things. It's about the impact. Client, the business owner just cares about the results you can help them achieve. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to know all the answers. It's just a matter of asking the right questions. But here's the problem and here's the catch and here's the rub. Accountants, number one, are too busy. And so they're not always playing this role proactively. And the other thing is they're giving away a lot of this information for free as part of what it means. What accountants need to do to be the business advisor is to formalize that role, to do it more proactively. And what we've seen is as they start to do that, and as you tap into the gold mine you're sitting on in your existing client base, as you have a different conversation and reframe the relationship, you can start to earn a lot more per client without doing any marketing, but you can also start to let go of those clients that are weighing you down and holding you down. The last thing I'll say, Chris, on this is what we see as we break down a, a revenue per client with our clients is what they're, they're sometimes spending, you know, 30, 40% of their time on their bottom five or 10% of their clients. So you're wondering mm -hmm. why you're so busy. You're wondering why you're so busy. It's like, well, you're spending time with the clients that you that aggravate you the most, that pay you the least, that sometimes you have to chase for money. And you're wondering why you can't spend more time doing more meaningful work. It's right under your nose. It's right there. So sorry for ranting so long, Chris. I'm passionate about this stuff, man. <laughs> I, I could tell. No, that, that's why I have you on here today. Very excited um, because it's important because I run into the same thing, right? I mean, I'm doing the staffing. But I first need to identi identify, you know, where's the gap with the firm, right? Is it in the low level, mid level, is it senior level? And, and, and trying to figure out how we could help. And, and I've noticed um, speaking with a few hundred of uh, accountants over the last few months is everyone's jumping on board to do the advisory and consulting. I just, I, and they're asking us to help with the back office work with the staff. Um, and, I, and I provide some, some input, uh, but I, I, I think that you're absolutely right, is that they're just, they know they need to do it. They're just jumping on board, but uh, formulize proactively. Uh, I wrote that down. That's something that they're just thinking they just need to do it and it's just going to transition right away. 
it's not so much. You need to really identify that. And yeah, the, the uh, you're going to have to kind of how to how to onboard your new clients and what the expectations are and everything. So in the beginning, uh, it's important first to identify it. So now you know what you want to focus on, how you want to grow that side. Now you've got the staffing done and it's in place. So what are the next steps? What, what, what do you guys uh, recommend? So now I, that, I'm sorry, Chris. No, go ahead. So what are the next steps? What I will say is this, um, the back office stuff is key and I'm not, I'm not trying to plug what you guys do. Um, we have a lot of clients who are mutual clients and they have a lot of success. And so one of the things that makes it challenging is when you have so many clients and you're bogged down in the work that is more commodity based and commodity driven, it's challenging to get out of that. And what we've seen is uh, one fantastically successful approach is when they bring in a company like yours to, uh, to help them just take some of that burden off. What I view it as, it's like they just have a few moments to breathe again. And when they breathe, they can refresh and think about where they want to go and start working on more valuable work. So something that I've seen, I haven't used your product, but I have clients that do. And uh, I will tell you this, it's very rare that I vouch for uh, another company out there. I try to protect our reputation, uh, but I've heard only great things about you guys. So I just wanted to share that. So what's missing from, from the system itself uh, or, or what's, what's missing uh, is a couple things. I, I think number one, it is a system. I think so many accounts are hearing that they need to be business advisors, but nobody's defined it for them. So we talk about growth and profitability, super important. But the other thing is, how, if you look at how accounts are consuming information on it, they're attending a webinar here and there, but what's happening is they're getting stuff piecemeal. So they're gonna watch a webinar on how to price their services the right way or how to sell something. It's not coming from the same system. And because of that, there's often contradicting ideas. There might be a model of pricing or putting, bundling your services or all these things. And you start hearing it from you know, 10, 20, 30 different sources. It's wonderful to go and get educated on these things. But at some point, it gets overwhelming and nothing's connected. So one of the things that I see best practice-wise is having a holistic system to learn how to do the marketing that brings in this high-value work, to learn how to price in a way that's connected to bringing in the right type of clients that you're looking for, but also doing the work that's fulfilling and meaningful to you. But the other side of it is accountants have to learn how to communicate their value at the highest level, AKA one of the dirty words in the accounting space, which is selling. Accountants have to learn how to sell. Um, and I think they're so worried and there's so much negative connotation around selling that accountants are, they don't want to be the used car salesman. They don't want to be pushy. But the way that I look at sales is sales is a way to communicate as a form of service to others. And if you get good enough at communicating, then you can help people. If there's a business owner out there, for example, that you know would be better off with your expertise and you don't do everything you can out of in, in a place, coming from a place of integrity and service, then you just did a disservice to that person. So having selling skills, I think is important. And if you do it in a way that's congruent with your personality, if you do it in a way that has integrity, it can be a beautiful skill to have. And then the last piece that I think in that system is being able to have a system for delivering advisory work. So once you understand what the clients are actually looking for, you have to know, how am I delivering this? There's so many models out there. Um, and so, you know, there, there's stuff we, we encourage uh, initial planning sessions and, and monthly and quarterly meetings and things like that. But at the end of the day, you need to be confident in a system, whatever it is, wherever you go, whatever you choose, because what we've seen is the great sabotage that accountants are bringing to the table and bringing in high profit advisory work is they're so full of integrity 
that they won't go sell something for a lot of money if they're not 100% sure on how to deliver on that. And because of that, they're stopping themselves from bringing in this work. And the reality is, it's very simple if you know that whole equation together, you can learn it very quickly. Um, and that is what will give you the confidence to go out there and serve people at the highest level. Accountants have an incredible amount of knowledge about small businesses because all they do is look at the numbers and they're not doing enough with it. They're playing small. And, and I think my push to the profession is stop playing so small and step into your power and understand who you really are and what value you really bring to the table. Yeah, it's uh, spot on with, with what you said. Um, it's the confidence, and 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 so obviously they're they're ready to make this leap, ready to make this change, and and they must have a plan in place. But then, you know, the selling skills is going to be tough. But they have to take a look at inside themselves and say, how did they get their clients already? You know, the clients that are happier uh, with them. Um, they like them, they trust them and they're working with them. And so they need to just build off of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if the ones that, um, are not too, you know, marketing and getting their name out there, that's a whole nother side, but you have to see how you built your base now and how you can, how you can expand off of that. So you're, they're doing something right in the beginning. Uh, there's always room for growth, but yeah, you gotta be confident in what you're doing. Um, and then you have to have a plan in place. Now you're executing it. Um, so now as far as the client, right? So we're up to the client aspect of it. You, you, you got the client on board. Uh, you got the staff in place. Um, now what? Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I, I want to answer that question directly. Um, there's a piece that's missing though. And this will, this will answer that in, indirectly and then I'll speak to it. So on the client side, they're just looking for help right now. And what COVID and the global pandemic and this uncertain economy, what it did was it just brought issues to the surface and it expedited them. Companies that didn't have enough cash flow to survive got killed, right? Those kind of things. So it's not like COVID created in some cases, in most cases, didn't create these problems. It amplified them. Um, yeah. So what clients want, they just want guidance. They're just, they're, they're business owners that need help. And it's like this, Chris, if you went to, um, a doctor and you got blood work and the doctor gave you a big report with all these numbers on it and said, here it is. Let me know if you have any questions. That's sort of what accountants are doing with small business owners. There's all this yeah. information. They can interpret it. They give it to you. And it's like, let me know if you have questions. It's like, well, what the heck? Like, sure. What <laughs> does it tell me? Like, just turning it around and around. So accounts, I look at accounts are having that same conversation. They take for granted that they understand what the blood work of the business is saying. What they need yeah. to do is sit down with the small business owner and start to ask questions and understand these things deeper. A lot of which is, is probably happening, but again, they're giving it away for free and the clients don't value it when they're not paying for it. And so, um, so part of it is understanding the role that you are playing, but let me step back a little further. And I don't, I don't mean to take this where it doesn't need to go, but what we found is key in all this more important than the process is more important than the systems is this piece. And I'm about to get weird on everybody here. So I apologize. We go for it. When we were bringing software to the table years ago as RAN1, there were some people who used it and had great success and some people who just didn't embrace it. And every conversation I have with every software and tool and resource company out there in the accounting space, it's still happening. So what we discovered is that the tools and the processes are super important. The services are incredibly important. But if the accountant doesn't ultimately see themselves as an advisor who can do accounting work, 
then they're never going to actually build the advisory firm and have the get the revenue they want and have the life that they want and serve people that they want. What's happening is the identity that the accountant is coming from is I'm an accountant who wants to dabble in advisory. And what you need to fundamentally shift is your identity, your belief system about who you actually are and embrace the role of the valued advisor. And then you can provide accounting if you want to. Um, we, that's what it ultimately comes down to. And people have different desires for what they want. I don't think accountants understand what it really means to be an advisor at the highest level and get paid for it. And I also don't think they know how much better their lives could be if they embrace that style. And that's been the challenge for 25 years in this space. Accountants are so comfortable doing things the way they did yesterday that even if it's uncomfortable, even if it means 50, 60, 70 hour weeks, they're still willing to hold on to that old way of doing things. It requires a fundamental shift in identity and then plugging into the systems that will get them there that we've seen is the formula. That's the formula that we've seen. You do those things together and there's a lot of companies out there that can help you. You do those things together, the sky's the limit in terms of doubling, tripling, 10Xing realization rates, cutting hours in some cases by 50 or 75%. Um, amazing things are happening, but it doesn't happen unless you start to move into that new, that new mindset. Yeah. Yeah, and change is constant, right? Pandemic or not, there's there's uh, change is always going to happen, and you need to be prepared for it. I I, I really, um, without giving away my age, I, I was around when the you know, first computers were um, hitting the market, and then um, you know, I got a cell phone, a big old cell phone, and you had to pay for minutes beforehand, and like one minute left, and you'd be telling your friend, "Hurry up, you have forty seconds," that type of deal. And but I've literally embrace technology as I've seen it evolve and, 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 and continue to, uh, uh, to grow and just change our lives. And so any, I have a uh, whole point of saying this is that there's been so much change in my life and I've been uh, just embrace it. Do you think that's the case with um, the accounting community? And, and if not, you know, some ways to kind of uh, overcome that? Yeah, so I, I think if you look at the psychological profile of the accountant, yeah. they're not somebody who, they're not people who inherently embrace change at all. Um, there's obviously the early adopters, there's the laggard, you know, we all know the adoption of technology curve now uh, that Simon Sinek really brought to the table for us. But the, the reality is going into this profession, people go in for a couple of reasons. One is to help people, which I think most accountants want to do that. Uh, and the other thing is because it's structure because there's consistency in it, because there's step-by-step -step processes that they can follow to be an accountant, to, to, to work with the numbers and not the people. And I think so inherently, if you look at the psychological profiles of accountants, which I've done many times, um, they don't like change. They went into the profession because they like the consistency and the stability of systems and things that are not changing often. Um, and so, uh, but the problem with that, Chris, to, to your point and to what I think you're alluding to, is that is getting in the way of actually having a practice and a life and a lifestyle and an income and a level of impact on the community and the clients yeah. and the world that they want to have. And so the challenge is how do you help somebody who's so comfortable with status quo to, uh, to embrace a change that serves them, even if they think it might be better. And that's where what we've come down and discovered is that it comes down to fundamentally learning how to let go of old belief systems. So the old belief system that says I have to do it this way because when I joined the big 
big accounting firm, they taught me to do this. And then the partners before me worked really hard. And then if I wanted to be a manager, I had to get up there and partner, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this old pattern of behavior that until we stop and examine it, we are destined to repeat it and stay stuck in it. And so there's all these people out there talking about technology and AI and all these things are going to change the accounting world. And it's like accountants, I don't think we care about that. But what we need to know is that change, if we, th that there's a better possibility for a better life of service and enjoyment if we learn how to do things in a more intelligent way. I think a lot of times the education stops at the last webinar or even the accounting degree. And what we have to do is continue to evolve and step into that. It's, it's the most fascinating part of what we do is helping people step into that role. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we're winding down now. I hope um, you, uh, I learned quite a bit and, and it's valuable information um, and, and as far as best, best practices and developing um, uh, your firm for, for the future per se. Um, so any, any final thoughts or, or anything else you wanna say before uh, we go? Yeah, I think, you know, what, what we're all trying to do, what, what you guys are trying to do, what we're trying to do is to encourage accountants to challenge what is known for them and to start embracing a different way of doing things. And we're not doing it for the sake of changing. We're doing it for the sake of what's really possible. So if you're an accountant out there who's working more hours than they want to be, if you're doing work that's not fulfilling and rewarding, um, if you are feeling stuck, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling unfulfilled, then you have to start looking at new ways. And so whether it's bringing people in and, and getting more support on your team and outsourcing staffing, which is a phenomenal way to free yourself up, or whether it's embracing programs or technologies different, um, I really encourage you to step back for a moment and just examine if your life, if your practice is what you want it to be. And if it's not, there are a lot of resources out there. Uh, Chris and I can certainly help you if you want to look at what's, what's actually possible for you. So that's all I'll say. Don't be afraid and don't believe in anything that limits you. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. Well said. So, all right, everybody. So again, hopefully you learned a lot today. Uh, we'll be coming back in, in about a week or two uh, with some more uh, special guests that are coming up. Uh, this was episode number 14 of hashtag BKOT, how to build a kick-ass offshore team. Uh, I want to thank again, Matt Salomon from Enlightened Business. Uh, for joining me today and providing insight. Uh, please take a look at their website, enlighten.business. And um, for now, uh, take care and have a good weekend, everybody. Again, thanks for joining. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody.